This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Rays Radio Network proudly presents This Week in Rays Baseball. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Welcome to our latest podcast for you. We have a pair of interviews on the show today. A little bit later on, we'll be chatting with Brian Anderson of Fox Sports Sun, getting kind of his take on what this wait has been like for the Major League Baseball season. I think certainly it's been tough for all of us. But the good is, is that we at least have some light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak, in terms of uh, how soon we're going to get to a Major League Baseball season and at least what form it's going to take. And we also had a chance to chat with Jose Martinez. This has to be especially difficult for Jose as he's in his first year in the race organization and was really starting to get comfortable uh, with his new teammates. And I asked Jose, who of course came over from St. Louis, how he's been. I'm doing good. You know, I'm happy to just to see a little more of workouts or, you know, all that and, and the startups, uh, stuff has started open like a little more. I actually got my gym here in my uh, apartment complex, so that's a big thing. So from there, healthy, man. That's the, that's the main thing right now. If you're healthy right now, I think it's going to help you a lot. How hard has this been for you? Um, you know, as someone who grew up on baseball, whose father played baseball, who's played baseball for so many years, to be without the game uh, for so many months and be without your teammates? It's hard. Definitely hard for me because um, I've been playing. I mean, I, I guess everybody's doing the same. But for me, like, it's just weird not to do not, like, just being at home, not, not to do what you love, you know. But um, this whole situation, I hope uh, to get better soon. And uh, we actually can go out there and do what we uh, what we are capable to do. Just play baseball and get the fans, you know, ready and happy. No doubt. How is your family? Um, because I would imagine that's going to be the hardest part. How, are they all in Venezuela still? Yeah, everybody's there. My son, uh, my daughter, my mom, all my friends, they're still over there. Of course, it's hard. It's been hard for the last three or four, five years, you know, if, uh, if we if we saying it like that. But, you know, um, job is a job. And for me, I got that um, uh, from as soon as I signed my contract and I, I was 17 that I'm going to do whatever to just keep playing baseball. And, and it's hard to sacrifice everything just to uh, provide for my family and my kids. That's going to be the main thing for right now. I don't, of course, it's going to affect me a couple, uh, you know, a couple of days, a couple of nights. But um, like I said, it's just, is the, the idea to just play baseball. There's nothing nothing else that I can do. So if, if it's going to be like that, I have to do it because, you know, you know what it is. Are they all healthy? Um, because we hear in certain countries it's worse than others. How is it in Venezuela right now where they live? You know, they, uh, they're trying to just get everybody actually at home. You, 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 you know, we actually – it's hard for all to medicine wise and all the food wise and all the stuff, but I think the Venezuelans are actually paying attention and, and being really careful with that. And, and from actually my family is staying at home, they're actually not doing nothing, being really you know conscious of all the situation. 
but actually they're good. They're healthy. That's the main thing. And, you know, and they're just trying to make everybody, you know, paying attention to that too. That's good to hear uh, because I know some countries it's been much worse. Um, you know, I, I think of Mexico and Brazil, but it, I have heard in Dominican and Venezuela, it's been a little bit better there. Uh, they've listened. Yeah, yeah, because, uh, you know, uh, as, a, as a Latin nation, we actually, I mean, for me, and I, I know my family, uh, they really care about healthy and, and, you know, and all that and medicine-wise or whatever, just because, like I said, it's hard for us or for me to provide or send stuff from here there. Of course, it's going to take a while, you know, put it like this. If someone uh, get sick or whatever, it's going to take it's gonna take a little while for me to get the medicine over there, you know, and you don't know if it's going to be too late or whatever. I hope not if something happened, of course, but, uh, you know, at least we had at least at least we had that solution for now, and and we actually able to send stuff over there. That's good. What is your routine then in all of this? Because I think that's the hard thing. Baseball is about a routine every day. So until the trap opened up where you could work out a little bit, what have you been doing every day to stay in shape? Yeah, I'm just uh, getting my run in, going to the parks and just throw a little. You know, it's hard for me just because I moved to an apartment this year. And uh, but I had to go all the way on the on the last uh, on over there in the parking lot. Just trying to just you know get some work in. You know, just trying to just trying to be active. You know, overall uh, do whatever I can to just get my body ready for uh, for a possible uh, MLB season next week. You know, I always trying to say don't get don't get you know like trying to get surprised. And when they say okay, we started next week, and when you actually gonna be like ah. Oh, now I have to rush. I think I, I've been doing some stuff for me to think I'm actually 60-70% on, uh, on, uh, uh, on my body just to adjust if we're going to play, of course. How long would you need if they said tomorrow, okay, we start spring training? Would you need the whole spring training to be ready or how, how long? I don't – for it like this, being, being honest, um, I think it don't matter how much we're going to need, you know, because uh, – it's something that you just – it's not like you have to – like a normal season. You have to come, okay, report time is on the 15, so you have to plan your time. You may not going to do nothing for three days, but you still know where we're going to start, you know. But right now it's difficult because, I mean, you don't know. We may going to start in three days, in four days, or everybody to the complex or something. And, but for me, uh, of course, it's hard to say uh, that I'm going to be ready or how, how long it's going to take me to be ready. But for me, I'm just going to show up and already on the mindset that, that, I mean, do whatever you can to at least go out there and fight, you know, or, or, or whatever. Because I bet, I mean, no, no one, even though they're working out, they're, having, they're throwing or they're hitting, it's a different, different situation when you go out there and you're facing people throwing 95, 97 plus like right now and you're going to go straight to the season and they're still going to do that, you know? Mm -hmm. But I think uh, for me, and I know for a lot of players, just because to be out there and play and see pitches, uh, that's how we're going to get ready for the season. 100%. Have you given much thought to what this season might be like? Because it would be shorter. It might be 50, it might be 70, it might be 75, whatever it is, it's going to be not a, a full regular season. How different that might be Mentally, because every game will be that much more important. Exactly, especially for me, because it's my situation. Uh, next year, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, even I hear about 
CBA uh, situation. I hear, um, especially this with coronavirus, I don't know what's going to happen next year. And especially in my situation professionally, professionally, it's like uh, I'm, I'm, is either going to hit arbitration or is either going to go a free agency. So I think just for me, just staying healthy, staying healthy, staying positive 100%, not to think just uh, uh, it's going to be a short season, it's going to be a whatever, you have to show up or something. I think it's going to be, that's going to be a bad idea for me right now just mm-hmm. because you put in a lot of stuff, even though we got so much stuff personally, personally, sorry, and uh, putting more pressure on you saying or 50 to 40, I'm not going to be ready if I'm going to hit or something. I think, of course, I'm going to take it serious and I'm going to go out there and try to do my best to help uh, my team win. But on the other, on the other position, as a baseball player, being realistic, it's going to be hard. You know, for sure it's going to be hard. And, and we're playing on the highest level in the world. And there's a high-speed, high competition. So you just have to adjust as quick as possible. Before all this happened in March, how comfortable were you starting to get with your new team? Because you spent several years with the Cardinals. You were loved in that clubhouse. Uh, I know the Rays brought you in to be a, a good guy in the clubhouse and help be a, a good veteran. I think the first time that I got there, even though when, when Cash called me, when, when everybody called me, just give me the welcome to, to the team, I think I felt comfortable that, that day. When everybody was just like telling me, like, uh, we're happy to have you and all that, without disrespect with the Cardinals, because that's, you know, they treat me amazing over there. There was a great years, I mean, over there with them and the fans treated me I mean, amazing. But uh, I, was, I was actually excited to just... Uh, to, for for this uh, uh, you know uh, season, for with the race with all the boys and and I was actually getting comfortable with it for since the first day I ha- I was comfortable. The trainers, the coaches, everybody was treating me like like a normal guy, like everybody have to be. And I mean, I hope I have to. I'm gonna have a chance to play this year for this team because of course it's a special group. I was going to ask you next how, how you felt about the talent of the team because you got to see, start to see, even though it was spring training, you still got mm-hmm. to see how talented the guys were. I mean, for me, in, in this organization, everybody has a talent. <laughs> you know? I mean, I was sitting with Willie, and he was actually telling me I'll have the idea of whatever guy or, or every guy who was sitting over there in the cage, and they're like, this guy is this, this guy is this, this guy is this. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> I mean, that's amazing. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm not saying like to put, to put pressure on me or something, not to think just to win a job over nobody, just saying that I'm happy that to be in an organization that have overall great talent. You know, a lot of, a lot of young talent, a lot of prospects, a lot of, I mean, I mean, I mean, Baron and guys here that actually know how to win. And it's overall, it's a great team, great organization, 100%. You have been on winning teams, but you also have been known as a, obviously not only a successful player, you, you, but also a guy in the clubhouse who brings lots of energy, who, who brings a lot to the team from that regard. Has that always been that way for you? How, and, and how did that, when did that start? Who does it come from in your family? I think when, when all the stuff that, uh, that I've been through in my career um, is, is not been easy at all. So for me, sitting down, and think about why you have to that you go out there and not to have fun, you know? And, and with all the stuff that you went through and you actually went over that, you know, and you're in the big leagues and you're doing what you, what you, what you, what you love, 
you know, you always a kid, you want to be a big leaguer. So for me, it's not a reason. Of course, it's going to be a bad day and I'm going to be a bad move because you have to. But overall, I think for me, it's not even for me, for, for to have people around me and, and, and just make them feel relaxed or, or have, make them, like, think, like, baseball is already hard. So you just have to go out there and, and have fun, on, on, you know, but on a good way. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, and that's, that's been my, my idea. Go out there and, and trying to get my teammates fired up and, and trying to just have fun every day because, I mean, it's a hard job. Have to show up every day with the same mentality. It's not. It's not easy at all. But uh, you know, if we if we actually are a baseball player, no, or find out how 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 to do that almost every day, I think it's going to be a big help. I'm curious where you think though that that you learned that because for people who don't know your story, you played for several teams. You had to go the independent ball route before you ended up with the Cardinals in the major leagues. So you had to endure a lot. Um, is there a player or two who were, or a family member who was a really good influence on you that, you know, that you learned a lot from him? I think, I think it's a, it's a lot of, a lot of players, a lot of people on my family that I actually, every year that I was getting home, not to, uh, you know, disappointed, of course. Uh, sometimes, uh, I did not, uh, deserve to, to, to make like at least a roster or whatever, but some years I did, you know? So um, every time I got home, they're like, you'll be okay. Don't worry about it. Keep working. And then I went, I went and win a ball. And there's some people over there telling me, and like, you need to keep learning. Like, get this experience to, you know, to, to work more, work harder, you know. So every year I was there, and as soon as I, I get here, my, my year before was already done, you know. So it always was like a new year. This is your first year, you know. Go out there and show what you can do, uh, you know. Go out there and, and show up, show what good as a teammate that you can be. You know what I'm saying? And 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 that's what I did. That's what I actually got my experience. You know, I actually turned it as a positive way. It actually been working for me well because, like you say, it's not it's not been easy at all. No, and I, I think the other great thing is all the, all that you've done for your community back home too. For people who are not aware. You've got the, the coffee, um, Primo's Cafecito, where you give proceeds back to those in need in Venezuela. How did that start, and why is that so important, and, and um, how has it helped? Well, uh, the, that's a, the, the, the Cardinals actually helped me out for that, and, uh, and they actually offered me something to send over there. And actually, uh, I got uh, the stuff from it. Actually, is a company that uh, – Offer, offer to send uh, food over there. You know, with all the complications to get over there. And, and, and actually, I was able to do that and I actually took advantage of that, you know? For right now, it's harder, but I'm glad actually uh, uh, I did that on the, on the great time because it actually made me feel amazing. And for me, just to help my people, you know, not even my family, help my people just to, to give them something that they need you know it gets you gets you really you know really happy you know something that you're going to go to bed and gonna say well i help a lot of people we not, we're not actually expecting nothing for them you know just here we go right here what i can do for you nothing that's you i mean we're gonna keep uh, i'm gonna try to help whatever i can with with my uh social media or my coffee or whatever people that i can get to help the people over there 
But uh, like I said, it's been it's been a lot of good people trying to help me over there and, and always on top of of what's going on and and, and offer their uh, their platform or 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 whatever to just to just help people over there. It's great that you have that attitude um, and you've done so much for back home. Um, tremendous. What have, how have you been able to pass time during the day as you're here in the States and you know, you're, you're separated, you mentioned your workouts, but what else have you been doing to keep your mind occupied, to keep your body occupied? I think uh, actually not doing nothing crazy, you know, not to force myself and my body to just uh, being worried about something's going to happen or, or injury or whatever. I think um, being at home, being actually playing, playing PlayStation and Xbox every day, you know, I mean, sometimes you just go to the beach right here and sit down and relax for a couple, couple of hours, you know, not, nothing too crazy, but actually good thing. There's, there's a lot of places here that have actually been open. Actually, you know, they've been, They've been good, actually. You you walk around and there's people keeping the distance and everything. Everybody wearing the mask or, or whatever. So for me, that I'm here, that I actually can I have to find something to do. It's good, you know. But because I mean, for a baseball player, not to do nothing when you have eight months, seven months just playing baseball, playing baseball, going to the your stadium every day, you're just taking like visiting these cities or whatever. I think this is a is a big, big, big difference. But like I said, good thing uh, is stuff actually getting better. So I'm actually taking advantage of that too. Are you good at PlayStation? And what's your favorite game? I mean, I play Call of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> this is the game that actually I wake up, go work out, come in. I call it my office. <laughs> because we got a little TV right there. You know, we, we haven't uh, buy no furniture yet or something like, because we, got, we don't know what's going to happen. But uh, we actually just spent the day there with all my friends. Uh, I'm talking to them, being loud in the apartment. I got to complain and everything. But, you know, uh, you got to find a way, 100%, to, to get yourself entertained. And how's your cooking skills during the, the last several months? Not, not bad at all. You know, not bad at all. Because I, li I was living in St. Louis with one of my uh, uncles and, and, and her wife, uh, his wife actually is a, is a professional chef. So I was kind of like living the dream, saying it like this, like not to the nothing. She actually cooking for me or something. But actually, when I get here, we actually have to separate ourselves because uh, uh, I'm, uh, my nephew was gonna try to go to school or something. He was trying to find a good place for him, so I have to move by myself. But I actually got back to the the cooking skills, and 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 good thing when I was in the minor leagues, I had you know a lot of experience with a lot of Dominican players. You know, and they actually teach me how to do it. And it's there. I mean, for me, at least, I have to, I'm not going to be hungry every time. So, so I can just, just go out there and try to make something in. But it's not about it all, you know. And I haven't get a complaint about it. So I think it's good. That's good. What's your favorite dish to cook? I think it's, you go with easy rice, rice with uh, uh, pollo, with, with, with sauce and a little plantains. You know, it's always we yeah, <laughs> definitely. But uh, you know, for me, uh, uh, I'm not a I'm not a picky guy with the food or something. So uh, I eat whatever. Well, hopefully, you guys are cooking on the field soon, and you're playing oh, with your teammates, right? I bet Castillo and 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 Willie knows more than me. 
of our situation, but I'm actually going to be with you there. Next, see, next you're waiting for food, 100%. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, we appreciate some of the time. We look forward to seeing you playing games for the Rays for real and uh, hopefully sooner than later. Definitely. Thank you for the opportunity, man. Have a great day. Thank you. Certainly appreciate the time of one Jose Martinez and look forward to seeing him back on the field. Certainly look forward to seeing this guy back in the broadcast booth real soon, and that is Brian Anderson of Fox Sports Sun. Neil, I'm great. I'm great, and I, and I see that since I, I've made the rotation for the second time, the Rolodex must be all used up. you got a hold about everybody you possibly could. Well, my wife said, hey, you're having them on again? I said, during the season, we have them on every month. I'm like, it's been three months. <laughs> right. That's true. I can't believe it's been that long, number one. You know what I mean? I mean, to, to still be somewhat locked down, not nearly as, as bad as, as it was a, a few months ago, but to still be uh, in the same boat, I guess you could say, without any of the sports being resumed yet, um, just yeah, what a fascinating time. Fascinating for a number of reasons. I guess you're still sane because you're, you're with me on, uh, on the podcast. That's a good thing. Yes, yes. Very, very good. Very good. Everything's been going well, gotten used to the new normal, um, and you know, just, just part of that daily routine that has not changed since the last time I talked to you. So let's talk as an athlete, as a guy who spent as many years in the big leagues as you did. How would you prepare mentally and physically right now well, I think physically, first of all, you've got to start ramping it up if you haven't done that already. And I'm sure some guys have, you know, get more serious about their workouts. I certainly uh, would be, you know, taking that tact and going down that path. So I think physically you start to ramp it up um, at this point. And mentally, you have to start trying to convince yourself, you know, your, your whole career, at least as, as it involved professional baseball, has been it's a it's a marathon, not a sprint. Not this year. This year it's a sprint. Uh, you know, if you get into that 48, 54 games, I mean, even if you got up into the 60s, uh, the games will be managed differently because they are all heightened. They, they all mean so much more. And you know, you hate to say that they mean more than they do in a regular season, but in 162 games, you have an opportunity to right the ship, to go through some some lulls and still end up where you want to be at the end of the season. 60 games, you have a bad week and a half, two-week span, and that season may be over. And so you have to heighten yourself mentally to say, this is going to be a sprint, and I've got to be ready to go uh, and play really what, what amounts to almost playoff intensity like baseball from day one. And that's a good thing from our standpoint, because we know every game is going to matter. And from a, from a, uh, be able to tell a story that's great, but from a player, is there any position that benefits more than any other? Like a starter, you don't have to worry about 200 innings or 150 innings. Can you just let it all go every time you're out there? How, how, what position, if any, does it help? Well, I, I think you make a great point about, about starting pitching. You know, first of all, how long will these guys be able to go anyway? How, you know, as much as you, we talked about ramping up physically – how ramped up are you going to get? You know, we just uh, heard was it that yesterday or the day before uh, that Blake Snell threw off the mound for the first time um, out in, in Washington, his, his home state, 15 pitches, all fastballs. He's got a ways to go before he's going to see six, seven innings. And so um, you, you doubt that there's going to be a lot of time to get yourself that built up. But you're right. Once you get out there, it is every pitch. And I think a lot of these guys, every pitch is max effort anyway. 
Uh, but you certainly have to go out there and empty the tank for as long as for as long as you're out there. And and I think that that's another thing that really benefits the race because. Most teams are going to be put into a position where they're going to be using their pitching staffs as a whole differently than they normally do. And that different for the Rays is their normal. They've done this. I mean, there were times where you had one start. You know, Charlie Mort would make his start, and then you're doing bullpen days and bulk guys. And, um, you know, you, the, the Rays understand how to do that. Their pitching staff understands how to make it work. And so I think that's another huge advantage that, uh, that, that, that the Rays have. From your standpoint, would it be harder in a sprint for a pitcher or a hitter? Because the hitters may now be facing almost like a bullpen day every day. And if guys are going max effort, does that hurt them in any way, shape, or form? I think it does. I think it puts a lot of pressure on the hitters. They can't afford a very long slump. Um, and, and, oh, by the way, if you are facing a guy that's maxed out at three, four innings, and then here comes somebody else and somebody else, now, you know, every game you go out there, you're, you may see a pitcher twice, maybe, you know, and, and that's it. And, and that's extremely difficult. You think about the stuff the pure stuff that's in the game right now, not only from starters, but especially coming out of bullpens. And then you think about the way that these managers like to play matchups. That makes it extremely difficult for these hitters because, like I said, you go out there three or four at-bats and you may face three or four different pitchers, different styles, different velocities, different arm angles. Um, it makes it very, very hard. And, oh, by the way, you don't have a whole lot of time to gain traction. You better hit the ground running and swinging the bat well you get off to a slow start for the first couple of weeks, and, uh, and now you're look, looking to, and hoping to finish the season with that batting average around two bills. For you, you're someone who remembers the last work stoppage. And I don't know if we – I mean, a lot of people have – you played in, yeah. early in your career when the last work stoppage occurred, 94, 95. What do you remember about that whole period, and can you compare anything then to the issues that exist now? Uh, you know what I can remember? I can remember in the fall of 1994 going to the kickoff classic in the Meadowlands with Nebraska, uh, my beloved Cornhuskers, taking on the uh, West Virginia Mountaineers. And the simple fact that that was at the uh, end of August uh, when we're supposed to be playing baseball, that was strange. I should not have been there, but I was there. Um, it, it, was, it was weird because, you know, you knew the drop dead date um, and you knew that if there was no movement in the negotiations that we were going to walk. Uh, I think the understanding was that, that at some point we would get back to the negotiating table and, and hopefully be able to finish out that season. Uh, because the one thing that we were aware of going into those negotiations was that ownership, uh, they were looking for a hard salary cap, period, end of discussion. And that was just not going to happen uh, on our watch. So that's why we were prepared to walk, and that's why we did walk. And when there wasn't enough movement and enough time left, you know, then Bud Selig had to cancel the rest of the season. And the damage that it did to the game and all around, I mean, the, the acrimony between the two sides, the fans included, you know, for the, for the players and ownership groups, um, it was just – it was an ugly, ugly time. Of course, in 95, we didn't even start until the end of April. Um, so, you know, in, in, the, in the sense that um, labor strife is about the only thing that is the same, because my feeling was, and I think probably yours and anybody that, that loves this game, going into the season when the pandemic hit and everything got shut down, um, you looked at it as 
this is going to be a negotiation of crisis management on how to get the game back on the field as safely as possible. It's turned into World War III. It's turned into the collective bargaining agreement, which, oh, by the way, they're going to revisit at the end of the 2021 season. Don't even want to go down that road because it's going to get even uglier, perhaps. Um, but it, it has taken on that kind of a tone when I think everybody was hoping for it to be a little bit more conciliatory. Hey, look, we know at the end of the day, when, when it gets down to brass knuckles at the end of 2021, that we're going to take our positions and we're going to go behind closed doors and fight this out. But for now, for the good of the game, the good of what's going on for the country, let's give a little on each side and let's get this game back out on the field as quickly as we can. The problem is it has been handled so poorly, so poorly by both sides from day one. And unfortunately, it started with the leaks. You know, owners, they, they had that March 26th agreement, which, by the way, no one really knew much about. So that was done quietly behind closed doors. And then after that, it was, oh, by the way, if there's no fans in the stands, we're going to have to ask for further concessions, knowing that that was going to stir up the union base. And, of course, you had some guys, some players fire off and say, wait a minute, we already talked about this March 26th, came to an agreement. Then there's the leaking of the email. And that has really, the email saying that, wait a minute, you knew that we may have to revisit these talks if there were no fans in the stands. And then it just became a back and forth. And the unfortunate thing about this, this whole deal was it's all been done publicly. Why do we know about it? You know, anytime you're talking about negotiations involving these kind of dollar figures, um, you know, and, and the health and safety protocols and everything that's going to go into getting this season started again, for it to be done 100% in the public eye and through the media is, is one of the dumbest things that has ever been undertaken. And it's no wonder that it has gotten to this point because, you know, owners leak things, stuff gets out there. Players take a very hard position. We're not taking any less. Owners aren't going to come off their number. You know, they've made these counter proposals to the union, and it's really been the same proposal, just a different number of games and a different percentage. But they all work out to be just about the same amount of dollars. So they're just kind of reconfiguring and repackaging the same proposal. And the union, they have taken the position that we're not taking a cent less than, than prorated pay. And so I think, too, you go back over the last couple of collective bargaining agreements that have not gone as well for the players as they probably would have liked. And now that they've taken that hardened stance that they're not moving off prorated pay, guess what? They can't move. They, they've put themselves into a position. If they move just a little bit, they're going to look like they've lost again or they're going to feel like they've lost again. And they're, they, they don't want to put themselves in, in that position. The problem is all of these positions that I talk about have been taken publicly. And so it gives you very little room to move because you've gone out publicly and said, we're not doing that. Well, now if you come off that, guess what? It, it doesn't look very good for you as opposed to handling these things behind closed doors where no one, you know, is none's the wiser and come to an agreement. But I think that, you know, going back to when this all started with the leaks, I think that the, that ownership knew because of what was going on in the country, unemployment you know, at levels that we haven't seen since the Great Depression. Now, all of a sudden, uh, you know, you've got civil unrest that has been 
now uh, come to the forefront along with the, the pandemic. And this has put a lot of pressure on the players to, well, we just got to go back and play for the good of the country. And I think the ownership uh, group kind of was banking on that early on. Uh, and, it, you know, it, it has not gone very well for them. And now we find ourselves in this position. And it's all unfortunate. And from a race perspective, there's still, I, I don't care what the length of the season, a lot of enthusiasm because of how good this team was last year and how much it was bringing back for this year. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, there will be excitement uh, around here. I, I think there's a lot of angry fans out there. Um, just a lot of bitterness around the country for a lot of different reasons. And, and the, the sports not having them uh, being locked up to some degree for months upon months. People are starving for anything. And now that they see this all unfold publicly, like we said, no one's real happy with it. However, once that first pitch is thrown, you hope that the vast majority of baseball fans uh, can put that behind them and, you know, and get on board with the season because th this is a really good baseball team and they've got a chance to be the last team standing. So I know I'm going to be excited. You'll be excited. Uh, the, the people of this region will be excited. and just want to get it going. That's all. Whatever it is, I look forward to seeing you at the ballpark, B.A., and good to see you once again uh, over Zoom versus the, the <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, soon enough, Neil. Soon enough, we'll be live and in the flesh. Well, great to have both Brian Anderson of Fox Sports Sun with us, along with one Jose Martinez in our latest podcast. We've got an alumni podcast coming up later on in the week. You're not going to want to miss this one. It is with the rookie, Jim Morris. He's got a new book out called Dream Makers. We'll talk about the book, but a whole lot more in terms of his time with the then Devil Rays organization. In the meantime, continue to stay safe, stay healthy, and we will chat with you soon. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team.